You can see some silhouettes there. It's very interesting. Um, this week, uh, Melissa asked me to, or we knew that Melissa was preaching this morning and sort of asked, you know, would I swap? Um, she was a bit swamped. And then um, I think it was, must have been about Thursday, we realised that Melissa wasn't going to get on to uh, be able to find the time to preach. And I said, okay, look, I'll preach. And one of the first things I do when I preach is just cut the text out of what's um, known as Bible Gateway, just a, um, a, a website that you can go and click on and find Bible passages. And anyway, I got on the home page. I'm not on. And I don't know if you can see, that's the home page. And I love the, uh, the scripture of the day, the verse of the day, was from this passage, 2 Peter 3. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. I thought, oh, okay, that's a nice little confirmation um, to preach. It's always nice when the Lord does that. And then um, Melissa mentioned there was a video she wanted to play and just gave me some words on a bit of paper. I looked it up and it was the video we saw and Melissa said, I'm not sure what it is, but I'd, I'd really like to talk on that passage from 1 John, which just happened to be on that video. You know, I love those little God incidents. They just show that God's, you know, God's really in this sermon tonight. God really has a word in season tonight. It's a word that's not a popular word, is it? It's not very popular to talk about the second coming. Neither should it be. Because, you know, if we, as we look around here, as we look around our beautiful families, our, you know, where we live, the beautiful place we live, it's hard to think along the lines of this will all be destroyed. You know, there's a God who's promised that there's something else. So they're not easy words to hear. They're not easy words to preach on. I certainly know in my early years as a Christian, having really experienced, um, in a sense, the hell on earth that you can live and having the presence of God in me, it was beautiful to sort of think, wow, I'm going to be with him one day. I, I really many times wish the Lord would take me home very quickly. And I know when I met Melissa, she was a lot different. Melissa, oh, I don't want to think about, you know, my family dying or, you know, my, anyone being destroyed. I don't want to think like that. You know, it's, it's hard to talk about this subject. And yet it's a passage that sits there as a tension with this thing we call the Christian faith. Every one of us that professes to have a Christian faith has to come face to face with this reality that this life is not all there is. Now, last week, I, well, when I preached a couple of weeks ago on 2 Peter 3, I mentioned that, that horrible Grenfell Towers um, incident where that 30-storey office block or 30-storey residential block went up in flames. None of us missed seeing that, you know, to think that there were fellow human beings in that. And I said, that's, it's awful to think that that's what's in store for the world, this, this massive sort of inferno to come. And yet, you know, I just read yesterday that this very same tower, you know, so many people being displaced, many people are still having to pay rent for their rooms, you know, that there are people who would take advantage of people, you know, in, in, the, in probably the most dire time of their life. And I think that shows me why the Lord needs to come again. Because too often in this world we live with this 
this beautiful God who's, who created everything and yet has to day in, day out deal with evil in our world, a God who desires, you know, when he even created the universe, he didn't create it with this is all there is. There's always looking forward to something even better. So we have this idea of a Lord who's promised something so beautiful beyond our imaginations to believe and yet a God who's patient. He doesn't want to see anybody perish. Well, let's have a look at this last little passage. I think we've been in 1 and 2 Peter most of the year and we're coming to the end of these letters. We're at the end of 2 Peter. I've gone back to just include a couple of these verses that I preached on last time. Let me just read it out. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, with the Lord a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. He writes in the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort, and they, as they do with the other scriptures, to their own destruction. In his closing words, Therefore, dear friends, since you've been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. You know, as I read these words, I think there's probably only a handful of languages in which these words haven't made, cultures, these words haven't made, that the word of God is now going through to pretty much every single culture on earth, gets to hear these words of a, of a, of a promise from God. Come to me, come to me, I've got something far better planned. And these words, words like this are having such a powerful, powerful effect in our society. We know in many parts of the world that have tried to crush the Christian faith. They're prospering right now and you can't crush the word of God and it's bearing fruit. And I know in our country, as we read from the census and things like that, the, the lowest percentage of, of Christianity, the highest percentage of people with no religion, that they're just opportunities, opportunities for God to work in, in, in even more power. God's being patient. Evil seems to prosper but the time will come. Why is it? Well, verse 13 says, talks about looking forward to the new heaven and the new earth where righteousness reigns. 
not evil reigning, not evil even dwelling, but just righteousness, just God. I don't know about you, I can't imagine a world like that. I think I, I can and then I just think, but even the most beautiful view that I might see is, you know, pales in comparison to what's in store for us. It's just beyond our minds to comprehend what God has in store for us. A place where there's no evil at all, that, that evil is just removed, that evil, you know, the world is refined, coming forth brand new. Verse 11, it says, if you're, you know, you're convinced, if you're convinced, everything will be destroyed. So what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives. If you've been convinced that Jesus is your Lord and Saviour and that Jesus is coming back, what sort of lives should you live? Holy and godly lives. That's the people we're called to be. Just as God is holy, so are we holy. Holy people. God is other. God is separated. Separated, that's what we are asked to be. Not to live like everyone else lives, but to, to have higher goals, to have different priorities. It's not easy, is it? I think about you know, just the, the world we live in, just the, the world that many young people are living in. You know, the, A couple of uh, weeks ago we were watching telly and, and we sort of, Melissa and I got a bit sort of cranky <laughs> at what the kids were watching and they're going, oh, come on, Dad, this is just what it's like. And I said, yeah, but it wasn't like this when I was growing up. You know, you, you never actually saw things or heard things on telly with such regularity. And I feel really sad for them that they just think this is just what it's like. This is just normal. I think, well, even in my short lifetime, I've seen the normal, sort of the, the Barbie lowered. And so as Christians, we're almost called to, to really live you know, lives that stand out. They really do stand out, you know. If you, put, if you put your head up, someone will want to chop it off. You know, it's so true, isn't it? If we want to live lives of holiness, we're going to suffer for it. We're going to be mocked for it. But godly lives, lives that sort of show, you know, that we're sons of God. We're sons and daughters of God because of the decisions we're making. As you look forward to the day of God and speed it's coming. You know, they're lives that aren't self-focused. And as we sort of, you know, we hear it time and time again from the, from the front, we, we, we must be God-focused, not self-focused, that our world more and more decides what's right. Our world more and more basically says, you know, it doesn't matter, all that old stuff that, you know, that our parents believed and grandparents, doesn't matter anymore. It's all about me, my choices, what I believe. You know, and, and I just find it really hard. I almost want to stop, you know, reading the news or, or reading things. So I just day in and day out find there are things that just shock me about our world and about the decisions so-called rational, normal governments, Western governments are making about you know, what's permissible, what's actually legal, and you know, it tends to be more and more that the stuff that we believe is just mocked, is, is just sort of seen as, as sort of irrelevant. And there's many people who want to squash what we say, who want to squash truth. But it doesn't matter, you know. We want to make every effort to live the sort of lives that honour God, no matter 
how hard it is. And, and Peter has said that last week. He said, you know, there are mockers, there are scoffers. That's always been the case when there's been godly people. He, he, he pointed to the example of Noah who built the ark, didn't he? But he said he copped it and we'll cop it. Not self-focused but godly, God-focused lives. That's why we enjoy worship. It just is an opportunity for us to just hear those truths out of our own mouths. You're a good father. You know, you call me out among the water, but it doesn't matter. I just want to fix my eyes on you. And Peter says in verse 12, as you look forward to the day of God, I think there's just a, a double thing happening. For I look forward to it. I anticipate it. But I also want to look forward and not look back. I also don't just, I just don't want to be stuck in the present either and think this is all there is. I want to look forward, as that video said, he's coming back tomorrow. And if he doesn't come back tomorrow, he'll come back tomorrow. It'll always be tomorrow. But he's coming back. And I look forward to it. I anticipate it. And I always expect it. Peter also says, we speed its coming. Many people have said that's the way, if we continue to spread the word, we can somehow influence the Lord to come back. I was thinking about it. I don't necessarily, necessarily think that's the only thing it means. I think if, you, if you're God and you see his people, his beloved children, trying to live godly, holy lives and they're mocked for it and they're just made fun of and they're just the pressure of evil and all of that, I think the fact God just sees what's happening to his people and it just breaks his heart. You know, the book of Revelation, if you read that, there's some really graphic pictures of persecution and you know, quite, there's one scene where there's people underneath the throne of God that have been persecuted and, and they say, how much longer, God? How much longer do we have to see this? How, do we, how much longer does there have to be this? And the Lord, just a little bit longer. But there's that promise that will happen. And so I think as we hold on to the word of God, in a sense, he sees all of the, the evil against us. And, and I think it really... It breaks out God's heart. He's just longing this tension. He's longing for everyone to come to faith but he's seeing it not happening and it's breaking his heart to see his people so, so broken. So in, in a sense as we lead godly lives, yeah, that's just, I really believe that's influencing the Lord to want to, to, want to come back, yeah, he, to bring this newness, this promise of a creation that's perfect. This creation as it says in verse 13, this new heaven and new earth where righteousness dwells. Just imagine that. Again, it's one of those things we just spend a second imagining what it must be like to see righteousness dwelling, to see righteousness reigning. Nothing but that. To imagine a world where there, there is nothing but goodness dwelling in that land. No, no selfishness as Peter's also said, rid yourselves of this, malice, he, he names them. Get, get rid of all the you know, human beings living together, the envy and the malice and all that. Get rid of that because it's not going to be there. Nothing but righteousness, nothing but people living in peace, ruled by a good God and a perfect God. And in verse 14, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. I love the first two, spotless and blameless. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 19, 
Peter says, you've been redeemed with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. And these words, spotless and righteous, sorry, spotless and blameless, are the exact same words that have been translated without blemish or defect. And I just love that. That's what Peter sees is possible in us, that we can be just like Jesus. You know, we sort of aspire, don't we, to be more Christ-like. Well, Peter's saying, it can happen. Make every effort to do that. You know, you may fail, and that's where the, the next one comes in well. At peace with him. Be at peace with God. Because sometimes we won't, you know, we won't live up to that high standard. As we're trying to be blameless and spotless, we suffer, don't we? We struggle. And 1 John is a great passage where it says, you know, none of us are without sin. But it doesn't matter. We have this, this righteous, we have Jesus, this Lamb of God, who will take away every sin, will wash us clean, cleanse us from that. So we have everything we need to be spotless and blameless, just like Jesus was. So when we face him, He'll recognise us and it'll be like a mirror. I think it's going to be beautiful to think there'll be a day when we'll just look at Jesus and he'll, he'll know us so personally. So there's so much great, so much great in this passage, so much to aspire to. So we get to verse 14. So then, dear friends, now make every effort, but bear in mind the world you're living in. And Paul, who also writes on these things. Paul's a lot different. I think Paul, it's almost like Peter gives us the macro, the big picture, whereas Paul gets very sort of, you know, he, he, he sort of really gets specific about how to live holy lives, whereas Peter gives a, a wonderful sort of all-round picture and, 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 and Paul, in what he says, it gets distorted by other people who try and make the scriptures say what they want it to say. I think we live in a time, don't we, where, where you, know, you can get on the internet and, that, and you'll find a scripture, you, you're, people will make it say what they want it to say. And it's a hard thing to, to sometimes read what people write and think, where are they getting this from? And this is the problem that the, the word of God, unstable people, ignorant people, distorting the word of God as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. I think it's too easy to make the Bible say what we want it to say to reach people. Water it down so it's a bit more palatable. Water it down so that people will somehow think, oh, you know, yeah, that was, that was then, you know, he's a, he, was, he was a bit like that. But we don't think God's judging. We don't think that's part of, you know, who God is. And it really, I think it robs people of the truth when they, they don't actually get the answer. Jesus is the answer and if, if we're not sort of allowing people to feel deeply their need for him. You know, they're not going to really understand who Jesus is for them. And I think you know, this final word, you know, don't get carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position. We have to be careful. I know that many of you will you know, leave this place, the security of Blackheath, and go into the world you know, and it is a place where you know, the lawless, basically the law- lawlessness reigns. You know, people are allowed to make their own decisions. And I'd hate to think that people would fall from the secure position that you've been built up to, that, that we actually, like I think at this church it's wonderful, we have a, 
a worship team who loves the Lord, who just sings praise and they mean every word they sing. The, the, the youth leaders, just, they just pour out themselves so that the young people will have a, a great secure position, great foundations. And it's too easy to sort of leave this place and, and really it's a culture shock. But the promise is you know, don't fall from your secure position. Please, you know, Paul, uh, Peter's pleading with them. Don't fall from this, this secure position. And more and more, we're in a world where the, you know, the, the lawlessness reigns. Don't fall from your secure position. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Grace. Grace. The presence of God. This beautiful presence of God we have through Jesus. Right at the start of 2 Peter. You know, Peter's saying it's his, his divine power is all we need to grow. All we need to go, this, this presence of God, the grace of God. We've got all we need to grow, all we need to just prosper as the people of God and the knowledge of God. You know, please keep your L plates on. Never think you've, you've you know, I've learned all there is to know about God or whatever. Just grow in your knowledge. Keep those L plates on and let the Lord continue to astound you. you know, I love um, speaking with Lil, I, I don't want to steal your limelight, but you know, just hearing what, what happened in Lil's home group, I'd, I'd love you to actually share it. Just this, the, the way as, as Lil was sharing what happened, Lil got so excited. Do you, do you want to share that, Lil, what happened? It was, it's, it's a beautiful story. I'll, I'll get you a microphone. Oh, okay. Um. You probably, um, some of you will know that um, the twice that Harry Phelps has been here and I've gone forward, I went forward for prayer the first time and then the second time I went out with Andy to pray for the people who were here and both times I had gold dust around my mouth on my lips and it spread out across Mm. my face. The first time I didn't see it, it disappeared but the second time it was still there when I went home and I showed it to my daughter and she could see it. What that means I really don't know except that presumably God is blessing my words. But we were sitting in our home group Friday week ago and Glyn um, Curran, who comes to us from St Hilda's, he has been to our church a few times to worship, has had problems with his knees and with gout. And he was sitting in the group wearing brown, just ordinary brown trousers. Now, Glyn is an awful leg puller. He makes the most terrible jokes with a straight face. I never know whether to believe him or not. And he looked down at his trousers and he said, I've got gold dust on my trousers. Now, it would be quite like Glyn to pull my leg. That, that, that's quite enormous. I didn't take any notice of what he said. And he said, no, look. And there was a sprinkling of gold dust on Mm. his trousers. And knowing that he had problems with his knees, I just simply um, asked God to heal his knee and and to just restore those problems that he's had. Now, what the result of that is, I really don't know. I've just left that with God. Um, I haven't looked for... um, a miraculous healing at this point but I think it shows us that God wants to bless our healing ministry. Mm. 
that what we are planning to do, how we are planning to use this to reach out to the world, to show them Jesus, I think God wants to bless that for us. Um, and so I don't think that that's going to be anything unusual, Andy. That's but right. I also yeah, add yeah. the other thing. Mm. Um, when I read about that, and, and um, various people have talked about this, there are three particular manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Nobody knows why, they just happen. One of them is that when people are healed, feathers fall. The second one is the gold dust, which comes in greater or lesser quantities. And the third one is jewels. Sometimes people in worship will find little tiny jewels in their hands and other people are digging them up out of the ground, great enormous jewels, and they can't be identified. They are not of this earth. They're not like any of the ordinary jewels on this earth. It's just the Holy Spirit showing us his grace. Now, when I heard about the feathers falling... For months, years, two or three years, every Sunday morning, I sat there and at the end of every Sunday morning service, I would plead with God for the feathers. Now, not that I care about the physical feathers, but it's what it stood for. I pleaded with God for the healing, that there would be healing in our church and we would take that ministry out into the community. And this time later, some years later, God has answered my prayers, but not with the feathers, with the gold dust. Mm. <laughs> I think that's just amazing. Mm-hmm. And I, I do. I think it's just it's a beautiful way to finish. You know, growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. I, you will always, if you keep coming, I know you'll grow in your knowledge. You know, that's what we long for. We we long for people to grow. We long to. To, to raise people up in their knowledge. But this, this idea of growing in the grace, growing in, the, in, in that sense of having the presence of God, having his power. You know, nothing separates us from God. We sing that quite often, don't you? Nothing can separate us from God. And so it's not surprising. They sound quite astounding, these things, don't they? Until you see them and, and, and you realise, you know, someone like Lil, um, no one would doubt that Lil is a godly woman and no one would doubt that Lil's seen these things, even though we haven't seen them. And, and, and knowing that myself, I think, I, I just long to see more of the, you know, as we hold on to God, it's not just about us doing it tough, we, we will see things. And we'll go, that's our God. That's what my God can do. You know, it's, it doesn't make, you know, it's hard to work out why he would do it, but that's my God. My God could make you know, gold manifest like that because he created the heavens and the earth. And, and I personally think it's just, got something to do with you know the the, the fact that that as we we're praying for the lord you know praying for him to heal someone we we're drawing closer to god drawing closer to the throne room of god drawing closer to heaven on earth heaven where the streets are paved with god i think it's just a evidence somehow of of, of the presence of god in this world i'm sorry i i I love that that happened, Lil. I'm just very encouraged as we, we look forward to God and, and, and knowing, as I do, someone who's really been trying to you know, seek God's will. Do, do you want a healing room up here, God? You know, it's okay if you don't, but you know, God constantly has been saying yes and provided the people. And, and in fact, people are getting very impatient to start. Such is the sort of desire that God's placed on people for healing. So I think it's lovely that, that God's wanting to do something that's not just about the knowledge of God, but it's this grace of God, it's this presence of God with us. So I pray that we see more of that, 
It's not just about being upright people, but actually people of the king, children of the king. This beautiful king who just wants to give and give and give. And I pray that people that, you know, just right now, just so many people think about God as as a, a stern judge, don't they? Someone who's not interested in their well-being. This really cranky father rather than a good father. And I pray that he'll use the healing and things like that to actually show them his goodness and his love. And we get to see. You know, we don't just get to sing it, but we get to see what God can do. And I think that's going to be just, that, that will just make our faith, faith increase exponentially as we go, yeah, that's what our God can do. I believe that my God can do that. Just looking at 1 and 2 Peter, I started by saying the reason I chose it was because just like Peter, he was writing to a bunch of people. There weren't many of them. They were scattered. Aliens and strangers. I mean, it's it's ironic that Paul, uh, Peter talks about them falling from their secure position because many of them were anything but secure. They were being really tested because of their Christian faith. They were really, their faith was being tested and their lives were actually being made anything but secure because of this decision they make. And yet Peter was saying to them, you know, you're the people of God. God's done this wonderful thing. Even though you haven't seen Jesus, you love him. And he's going to bless that. And, and I think as we look on, we say amen to that. We say, just like Peter longed for, we, we just want to see people growing in godliness. And we hold on to this tension that this life is not all there is. We hold on to this tension that, that there's another kingdom, another kingdom at, at play in the world, this, this kingdom that's forcefully advancing around our world that we long to see forcefully advance here in Blackheath and the upper mountains. I'm just going to pray for us that we, we, we do see that. I'm really going to pray that God, you know, that, that the Holy Spirit just fills us with the great joy as we're trying to just honour him. So will you just bow your heads with me as I pray? Precious God, I thank you so much, first of all, for Lil. I think that, you know, Lil's been hearing this for 80 years or, or more, that Jesus is coming again. And I think about you know, the, the young children here, Lord, they're hearing it now too. And they may keep hearing it for years and years. And we believe it's so true, Lord, that, that you've promised, because you said you're coming again, Lord Jesus, we trust your words. And I really do pray, Lord, for anybody who just needs to... Um, you know, get it from just the thought in their mind to just putting it in their heart. Jesus is my Lord and Saviour. What a difference that makes when you, when you reach our hearts, Lord God. And I pray if there's anyone who just needs to do that, just get it from a thought in their head to, to reaching their heart, that tonight they would do that, Lord. You love them with an unfailing love. You've given your life so they can have abundant life, Lord God. And Lord, I pray for us as a church, may we hold that, that tension. You know, that we, we're people who just want to be secure in you alone, not getting our, our satisfaction or our, our sense of, of identity from the world, Lord, but from you alone. Shape us as a community, Lord, so that we can be a community that can reach out. Reach out in the name of Jesus, in power. With, with you know, beautiful words of knowledge but also in power with your grace, Lord. 
to be able to show them that you love them. And more than that, Lord, more than anything else, we, we just pray that this is a place where we, it's our, we don't just want to live holy and godly lives because, because your word, say, word says to but it's our heart's desire to live holy and godly lives, Lord. And I, I just want to pray for our young people here tonight where I know they're going into situations where anything but um, holiness and godliness reigns, Lord God. Anything but you reign, Lord God. The people are just doing whatever they want. Lord, I, I pray you'd place in their lives just a, a, a great desire not to be like everyone else, but, but be holy, Lord, be set apart by you to lead different lives, lives of godliness. Lord, I know it's hard. I know it's hard to, um, to continually live up to, to, to the standards that we want to live up to. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, you've promised that in your name you know, we can just come to you and your blood washes us clean of all unrighteousness. Look, I pray tonight, Lord, if there's someone who just feels this, this great tug of war for their lives, Lord God, that you'd just give it an extra strong pull, Lord, and bring them back, that, Lord, they can just come on their knees to you tonight and that you'll lift them up. You'll lift them up and, and, and you'll clean them off and you'll go forward with them, Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus that anybody who needs to do that tonight can do that, can surrender to you, Lord God. And, and most of all, Lord God, we just acknowledge your words that you are coming again. May we not be, be left wanting. May we not you know, be left full of shame when we meet you, Lord. But we just, we want to be able to, what, what joy it would be to look into your eyes, Lord Jesus, and feel the peace of God as we look into your eyes, Lord not wanting to look away, but just to hold your gaze, our eyes transfixed on your face, Lord God. So I pray for each and every person, Lord, this week and in the coming week, just continue to convict them, continue to bless their lives. May they be people who just want to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and to him be glory forever.